0: Well, good morning. I'm uh, coming to you this morning from uh, jail, and uh, I don't know if that uh, seems a bit strange to you, but uh, uh, given today's uh, message, it seemed just like an appropriate place uh, to come and uh, to speak to you this morning. Kind of a gray day. Uh, it's kind of how I imagine the day might have been that uh, we were talking about today. and. And uh, we're in outside of the oldest uh, civic building in Kitchener. And um, it uh, is the, uh, the courthouse and the jail uh, that was here in the mid-1850s. In fact, to become a county, you had to have a courthouse and a jail. And uh, so Kitchener, then called Berlin, was uh, considered uh, the county seat One of their main things in doing that was that they had uh, both a jail, a courthouse, and then afterwards, uh, behind me, uh, this yellow brick building to my uh, to my left uh, was built for the jail keeper, the goler, and uh, that's where he lived. And uh, so uh, it's. we see it wasn't really uncommon to end up in jail as uh, Christians in the early church um, today uh, hopefully not so much especially in North America in fact we kind of t- wonder what's going on if we have a Christian that's in jail or a pastor that ends up in jail it's usually not a good thing or um, a desirable thing and yet um, in the early church uh, many times Christians, because they did what God told them, because they were obedient to His word, uh, they would end up in jail and being uh, uh, accosted, and uh, sometimes even sentenced to death. And so, um, I don't know about you, but I've met people that talk about their life being like a uh, like a jail sentence they feel that their life is maybe monotonous, the same all the time, there's nothing different, maybe the same things keep happening to them and, and they describe uh, life as being a, uh, a jail sentence. And uh, I don't know, sometimes it can seem like that in life. It seems like no matter what you do or what the choices you make, you just keep getting these these difficult situations and difficult outcomes and uh and if you notice that there's times it just seems like no matter what you do or what you change and what you're doing um, that your life just seems to keep spinning more and more out of control and i think probably um, probably the disciples could have uh, uh, understood what you would be talking about I don't know if you've had those times in life it seems like everything you try to fix everything that you try to change actually you look behind you and there's twice as many fires started as you think you put out and um, God knew that Jesus knew that was going to come and his disciples were going to suffer persecution in fact Jesus was very uh, clear that suffering was part of life that you weren't going to escape it you weren't going to get a a buy in that but uh, he said that uh, take heart for I have overcome the world and so he calls us to enter into life and to the even the hard things that come our way and it it seems exactly that's where Peter and John were at Uh, it was uh he wanted them to have clarity, so when they had times like this that they they understood that God was still with them, that not necessarily were they doing anything wrong, and sometimes we, we feel that way. Well, if you're in jail, if something is going wrong in your life, obviously you did something wrong. In fact, they told that to Job, and Job made it really clear, no, um, that's not always the case. And. Uh, And so we see John and Peter in trouble again today. We're in Acts 5 and starting in verse 17. And it starts with an adversative, but the high priest rose up along with all his associates. And and he clarifies that. And those associates are the Sadducees. They're the theological liberals of the day. They did not believe in the resurrection. They didn't believe in miracles. They were very very clear on what they didn't believe in and not so clear but what they did believe in and and so these guys were all stirred up I mean Jesus miracles the claim of his resurrection from the dead these guys were out to discredit the disciples as quickly as they could and um, and they were filled with jealousy it tells us and uh, the attention of the people the power that the disciples operated in uh, the people clamoring after them, bringing people to be, um, to be healed. Uh, just a powerful way in which the disciples taught, which was very reminiscent of Jesus and how he taught. And uh, it says they laid hands on the apostles and they put them in a public jail, and jail is not a nice place. Uh, i 've been to a few i 've not been in one personally, but i 've been to a few jails and i like i wouldn't want to stay there overnight i wouldn't want to be there for a minute and uh, but uh, they 're back in jail again it's put them in a public jail so it 's not a nice place it 's not like Paul who later on is in a public jail or is, sorry he 's in a house arrest and so he 's in jail in somebody 's villa. Uh, he has access to some comforts in fact if people would support him send him things remember he asked timothy to bring books to him so that's a whole different kind of jail than what the disciples found themselves in today and uh, verse 19 says but uh, during the night an angel a messenger of the lord a messenger of jesus (coughs) excuse me or from jesus Opens the gates of the prison, so they're in prison. They're put there by the uh, the chief priest. They're put there by the Sanhedrin. And uh, in the middle of the night, God sends an angel to spring them loose. And uh, as he's taking them out, it, it means to lead them by the hand. So like they're there. They're I don't know if they're confused. I don't know if they really know what's going on or not. But but this angel grabs them by the hands and says, like come follow me. And he takes them out and he says, um, go and speak to the people in the temple. So it's a command from the angel that they're, they are to proceed to temple and there proceed with, with teaching there. And upon hearing this, they entered the temple about daybreak. So they <laughs> have a jailbreak around daybreak. And Then they go right to the place they were told not to go doing the very thing they were told not to do And they begin to teach and it's in the imperfect tense means it's something that was continuing They kept teaching they just didn't go in do a shout out turn around and leave They were actually there for a period of time and we see now When the high priest and his associates came came to work that morning um, Slept through the night probably had a good sleep They get up in the morning, they're going to now deal with the guys who are causing them trouble. Uh, They call the council together, the Sanhedrin, even all the Senate. Now you wonder what's the difference between the Senate and the Sanhedrin. Well, there was a lower Sanhedrin, a lower court, and then there was an upper court, uh, the full 71. I mean, they were the highest court in the land, uh, those that they could appeal to. And so um, these are the leaders of all the sons of Israel. And they set orders to the present house for them to be brought, Peter and John. So they send a commander. And with him, he would have a cohort of uh, guards from the temple. And they went to the jail. And they're going to bring John and Peter back to kind of uh, have their, uh, their day in court, so to speak. And, uh, but and there's a problem here. Uh, I, they were behind on communications. I mean, I hear this all the time. Oh, you're not communicating enough. Uh, did you communicate about that? How often are you communicating? These guys didn't get the communicate. Uh, they missed out on it. They thought they were still in jail. They're not in jail. And so the officers come back and they, from the prison, and they, they report to the high priest. Uh, they're saying that uh, we found the prison. Yeah, it was there. We found the guards outside, outside of the prison. They were there. The um, problem is when we opened the cell door, um, well, kind of um, like, well, nobody was there. And uh, they found it locked securely. I mean, they checked the locks, they kind of rattled it, they do that thing, and they, uh, they uh, locked and checked the lock on the gate, the gate's locked, nobody's home, nobody's there and uh, and they didn't find them in prison and the guards are still standing at the door and so uh, uh, they put them in they returned to get them out uh, but they didn't find them, gone vanished, and the twinkling of an eye well you could say uh, but when we opened up the cell we found no one inside that was not a good thing uh, if they'd been Roman guards that would have cost them their life um, I'm not sure what happened to the guards of the uh, temple when things like that happen but you want to bet uh, ever done something at work and or broken something and uh, and had to go tell the boss that you broke it <laughs> you can identify with these guys now when the captain of the temple guard and his uh, and the chief priests heard these words they were greatly perplexed, I mean they are at a loss uh, clueless would be the word that we would use as to what would come of this, like what's going on, what's happening like, w- w- where is this going? Verse uh, 25, But someone came and reported to them, The men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple. And they're teaching people. It's totally unexpected. It's not what they were expecting. Uh, they were used to being obeyed. They were used to things going the way, way that they wanted them to go. I'm a firstborn, only child. That's my life. I kind of expect things to go the way... Uh, I just not like my wife who had four other uh, sisters and a brother... Um, she's used to things not being the way they're supposed to be Um, not so much for me and uh, so uh, they're teaching and they uh, captain in verse 26 went along with the officers his men and they proceeded to bring them back without violence why I was going to deal with that next for they were afraid of the people I mean they, they had the good will of the people John and Peter people loved them they were afraid of them we saw that last week but they 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 had uh, the respect of the people and they thought they could be stoned um, not what we think of in stoning that's where they take a rock and they throw it at you to try and kill you and so the guards think if we if we arrest them and if we're rough with them the people are gonna rebel they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna stone us and um, verse 27 and then they the soldiers brought them the disciples they stood before the council before the sanhedrin and the high priest questioned them and it's, that's a negative term it's like not just asking questions it's like verbally abusive maybe they hit them because they're they're hidden now they're not out in public uh, but the guy high priest questions them and saying we gave you strict or we commanded you to not continue teaching in this name, in the name of Jesus. And yet, look. Look at you. Look at what you've been doing. Um, you filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend. Here's where they sign motive to them. You are trying to put this man's blood on us. You're going to charge us with the crime. I wonder if that's their guilty conscience that's still messing with them. But Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey it's necessary that we obey God rather than men rather than you that's what's necessary for us verse 30 the God of our fathers Yahweh he raised Jesus up he means to wake one up from the dead whom you had put to death by hanging him on a cross so they're talking about lifting up Uh, he was hung up by them and, uh, and it says that he is the one whom God exalted. It means to lift high. So here's what's going on. They have got a contrast going on here. You hung him up on a cross. God lifted him up. Kind of in your mind's eye, hanging on a cross. God lifted him up, came down, plucked him up, lifted him up, and, uh, and exalted him. You were trying to abase him. God exalted him and, uh, and put him in his right hand as a prince and a savior, the one who would deliver them. And he says two things, those are two reasons God did this. One to grant repentance to Israel, the ability to change their mind, I mean these facts were in front of them and confronted them and they had to make a decision. Are we going to obey this? Are we going to listen to this? Are we going to go in this direction? Or are we gonna ignore the facts that have been brought before us? Some did, some didn't. And secondly, forgiveness and the forgiveness of sins. Release from the bondage that they were in. In verse 32, we finish up, and we are witnesses of these things, we're eyewitnesses of these things. John, Peter, they said, we saw this. We were there. Uh, You can't dispute this with us. And we are witnesses of these things. And so is the Holy Spirit. God himself is a witness that these things happened. And uh, whom God has given to those who obey him. That's the Holy Spirit. So why are they obeying God and not men? Well, because the Holy Spirit had been given to them to walk in obedience and to be witnesses. And they said, like, when it comes down to to doing what God has said we're to be doing or to be following your rules, uh, we are going to follow God, not you. Plain simple. Sometimes I spend my life trying to avoid conflict. I try to stay out of relational jail. I don't want to be in jail relationally with the people I love. I don't want to be in jail relationally with the people I work with. I don't want to be in jail with people who, who I come in contact with. And so, I mean, maybe that's in Canada why we're so polite. We just want to stay out of relational jail. And that kind of hits all the parts of our life, and and, um, and especially in this time of loneliness, we. Maybe even bend over more to get along because we we don't want to be uh, disconnected even more. Sometimes I mean it's so deeply ingrained in us to avoid conflict in situations, and, and I mean even I mean from a small boy I felt that um, you know I want to live my life and not bother other people, and I don't want to be bothered by other people either. It's kind of like live and let live. Um, words of Paul McCartney live and let die I don't know I I know that I would do anything and especially this is a male trait we'll do anything for peace we want peace in our home we want peace at work we want peace in our social life and so um, we spend our time avoiding anything that kind of smells looks like acts like conflict and um, Jesus has commanded us to go into all the world, though, and that's kind of counterintuitive. It's counter what we are as people, and especially today in North America, in the Western world, that's kind of how we live our life. And uh, and so, like, this thing that we're doing as a church, even this craft Dinner Drive, is kind of like a baby step in the direction of moving out of our comfort zone, a baby step of moving into the line of fire where there could be conflict. Now... Very unlikely It's low level People may have things to say But we're entering in And the reason I say it's baby steps Is like, we don't even have to talk to a person we don't have to make awkward conversation with somebody. We don't have to talk to them about things we don't want to talk about. Which are things, I mean, if you're the kind of, a some of you are evangelists. You sit down on the bus, you strike a conversation. My mom's like this. Like, wherever she goes, she's talking. I'm looking around, there she is talking to a lady she's never met before about things I would never talk to somebody about that I don't know. And I'm left staring kind of at the ceiling, at the floor, anywhere around, going like, get me out of here. I don't want to talk to people I don't know. Sometimes I don't want to talk to people I do know. If I know I'm in trouble, if I come home, my wife, I know, man, she's going to be upset about this. Uh, Sometimes I just avoid. I don't know about you, but, well, I don't have to tell them about the changes in my life. I can buy a box of Kraft dinner and I don't have to. You know the four spiritual laws. I can buy a box of craft dinner, and I don't, I don't have to worry about ending up in jail, socially, metaphorically, spiritually, because I offend somebody with the gospel message. I don't have to tell them about those changes in my life or any of the possible ways a conversation would go. And so that's why I call craft uh, dinner baby steps and in getting involved in other people's lives we need to be prepared for life to go sideways it will it did in the life of the disciples they they were with Jesus three years they hung out with him they were taught by him they were empowered in a way that we can only th- wish that we had the same expression of power I think it's there I think it's available but I don't think we move with it. I don't think we move on it. We need to be prepared. We need to be prepared as a church. We need to understand that keeping safe and, and, and being polite and not getting into trouble in, a, in, in that sense um, is not what we're called to do or what we're called to be. As a church, we've been given the Holy Spirit for a reason. That's to reach out into our community, to, to tell people about the good news of Jesus, the gospel message. God is not angry with you. In fact, God has made a way for you to be in relationship with him. And um, would that we would be that bold. Would it be that we, we would uh, be ready to jump out of the frying pan and into the fire Father I thank you for this day and your goodness to us I thank you for opportunities around us Father I thank you for the example of these two apostles in fact it says in there that there were more than just the two by that point more were encouraged by their conviction and their and their ability to speak up in public and would that we would have the same kind of courage today would we not be afraid of landing in jail and uh, would we carry that to the very root of our being? Father, use this time, use this opportunity of buying some craft dinner, and uh, would we, uh, would we be just take those baby steps, and then be willing to move beyond them into greater things that you would have for us as we enter our community in this time and in this place? That. Father, I believe that you have us here for, a, for such a time as this. You've said that to your people before. Would you say it to us again? And we pray these things in the powerful name of Jesus.